and welcome to Start Right Here, a podcast where we discuss breaking in, standing out, and the path to success in the beauty industry. I'm your host, Corinne Corbett, and I hope the conversations I have with my guests inspire you to forge a path of your own. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Today, I want to talk about a little different subject. As we talk about beauty and related industries, you know, there are things that impact our careers in lots of different ways. And today, I want to talk about how the pageant system can be a springboard for careers, but also how it impacts our perception of beauty. And I'm really fortunate today to have Chesley Chris, who was Miss USA 2019 and was part of the Miss Universe pageant as well. And she started out as Miss Carolina. So we're going to talk about how she used pageants, how she sees the pageant system, what she's doing now, and what she sees for the future and how that relates to beauty. Welcome, Chesley. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Great. Can you start by giving us a 30-second bio? Yeah, well, I mean, you pretty much said it. I'm a Miss USA 2019. Currently, I work with Extra as an entertainment news correspondent. And I also work as a diversity advisor for Pointer Sproul, the law firm I worked for as an attorney before I won the title of Miss USA. Did you always want to participate in pageants? Was it a destination or a detour for you? Really, it was something that I knew I was going to be a part of because my mom had competed. She was the second Black Mrs. North Carolina, U.S. She won this pageant for married women. She really was a trailblazer in her own right. And I remember growing up and seeing her go to appearances and sing the national anthem and talk about volunteering in children's schools, which was really her platform. And so I knew that was something that I eventually wanted to do. I remember like going through her closet and wanting to try on her dresses and her shoes and have her put makeup on me. And that was something that I was really attracted to. What was the first pageant you entered? I entered in the Miss Freshman pageant at Northwestern High School when I was a freshman in high school. And it was this really small, you know, little high school pageant, but it was my first sort of experience in the pageant world. And I loved it. I won and it was just exciting to compete. And I remember my friends congratulating me. I was on the cheer team at Northwestern at the time and everybody was like, oh my gosh, you won this freshman. So it was a fun experience for me, especially since it was a new school and a new area that we were in at the time. What do you think you learned at your first pageant that helped you along the way and set you up for success as you went along in kind of the pageant universe? It's hard to say. I was 14 years old or so. so I can't really say that that there were any like life-changing moments that happened then or real enlightenment. For me, it was just something that was fun to do. And I think it piqued my interest in continuing to compete because I had one. And I thought like, maybe I'll win again if I keep going. So I don't know that there was really a big lesson learned other than pageants are fun and it's a way to gain friends and meet new people and do something that's exciting for a day. When was the first time you entered the Miss Carolina contest? There are a couple of different systems. So Miss North Carolina is in the Miss America system for a couple of years in the Miss America system, first in 2014 and then in 2015. And then I also competed in the Miss Universe organization in the Miss North Carolina USA competition uh, starting in 2016. So you went through both of them and you won in the Miss North Carolina USA system, correct? Yes, that's correct. What did you learn as you were doing it each year? Because you kept coming back. I kept coming back because I wanted to win and I knew the benefits of competing and of being a title holder. 
And that was really it for me. There were other benefits of competing, like, you know, sharpening your interview skills and continuing to broaden your connections and network within the North Carolina area. But for me, like I kept coming back because I wanted to win and I felt like there was a possibility of me winning. I think that's a lesson right there that, you know, you wanted to win. And so you were not giving up until you won. (laughs) So when you did win, Miss North Carolina USA, was it everything you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it absolutely was. I thought it was going to be me being busy for a year and going on like nonstop appearances. And that's what it was. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to work on and sharpen my public speaking skills and experience. And I got to do that a bunch. I wanted to be able to talk broadly about Dress for Success, an organization that was really important to me and still is really important to me. And I got to do that. I volunteered. And sometimes I just got to have fun. There were some events where I was just like showing up just to like wear my crown and sash and speak briefly at an event. And those parts were really exciting. So I'm glad that I did. And it was an incredible experience that I would do all over again if given the chance. What impact did you see as you were going through this process that you had on young girls, particularly young Black girls? I think I gave them hope because I think it was 1990 that the first... Miss USA won who was a Black woman. And we've seen a fair amount of Black women win since then. But I think even beyond that, even beyond seeing Black title holders, we needed to see that there were a diverse array of us, even within the Black community, and that it was still possible year after year. I think a lot of women fear competing in pageants because there's this sense of tokenism. There's a lot of times you only see like one black person in the top five, maybe two in the top 10. And there's always this notion like there may be too many of us. Or if a black woman won last year, there's no way that another black woman can win back to back. I think that fear was dispelled, especially when I won Miss USA, because at the time that I won, The year before, a white woman won. But the year before that, a woman of color won. You know, Kyra McCullough, she's this beautiful black woman. And then the year before her was another black woman. And then I crowned a black woman myself. And so I think for black women, it was this affirming idea of just because someone won last year doesn't mean that I can't be successful. Just because three out of the last four title holders were black doesn't mean that I can't win because I'm black too. And that was important to me. Yeah, and I think that is important to also look at the notion that we have almost condition ourselves not to hope, not to expect greatness. Like, okay, so we did that one shot, so we shouldn't expect to get it again. But what you're saying is that we should expect all greatness and we should expect to win and expect that there's a place for us in the winner's circle, whatever the field is, because it's not just in pageants, but in anything. Were you already a lawyer when you were competing? I graduated from law school in Paso Bar in 2017. The two times that I competed in Miss North Carolina in the Miss America system, I was still in law school. And then the first time that I competed in Miss North Carolina USA, I was also still in law school. But then the last two times I was a practicing attorney, which was exciting. How do you manage having a career and entering a pageant? And what do you do when you win? It was difficult. I think managing expectations was probably the most important part of managing all of that and that I needed to make sure that I was communicating with my law firm and telling them when I had events, when I was going to be away, making sure that they knew that my job was the priority since that's really what puts a roof over my head at the end of the day. And beyond that, I also needed to make sure that I was having fun because, you know, being Miss North Carolina USA is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You really only get to win once. 
you cannot compete again once you've won the state title. So I wanted to make sure that even though, you know, being an attorney was a priority that I was still making sure that I wouldn't regret my year and making sure that I wasn't like skipping opportunities because of work. So my law firm was incredibly flexible and understanding and making sure that I'm getting my work done, but I'm also making sure that there's time to enjoy this experience. Right. So when you were Miss North Carolina, USA, you were still working. When you got the Miss USA title, were you also still working? That would have been impossible. Yeah, that's why I was amazed that you were still working with the North Carolina title. But with Miss USA, that was a full-time job, correct? Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the most challenging part of that is that you move to New York City. That's where, at least my year, I don't know that Miss USA going forward would still live in New York City, but I did. And so not only am I carrying on this title where I have a lot of travel, I'm not even living in the state anymore, which can be really difficult when you have to think about, you know, doing depositions or going to hearings and making other appearances that are necessary since I practice litigation. And nowadays, I think because of the pandemic, the silver lining in this pandemic is the legal field, which is notoriously very conservative and stodgy and not quick moving when it comes to technology, has been forced to think like, okay, so we can do virtual hearings and we can do virtual depositions. Well, you know, when I was still practicing, that wasn't a thing. Start Right Here is brought to you by Beauty Biz Camp where we equip and inspire the next generation of industry leaders. Head over to our website, beautybizcamp.com, for more information and sign up for our mailing list so you can stay in the know about our upcoming programming. What was the best part about being Miss USA for you? Oh, gosh, there's so many parts. It's hard to really pinpoint one. Give me top three. Top three? Uh... I would say having an organization that is there to sort of administer your year was an incredible help because as Miss North Carolina USA, you know, my directors, they had four different states. They had North Carolina, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Alabama, and two title holders each, which means they were managing eight title holders all the time. And so that's difficult. And so there were tons of appearances that I would go to where it was just me. I don't have like a travel manager. I don't have like somebody to take photos for me. It's just me showing up with my little crown in my box. But as Miss USA, when I'm traveling, you know, there's a manager coming with me or there's a photographer who's accompanying me. If I'm in town, maybe there have been a few events where Paula Shugart, the president of the Miss Universe organization, has come with me. And I really, really appreciated that, you know, having a director of PR to sit there and say, hey, we're going to organize this interview with you in the New York Times. That was really exciting just to have those resources. The connections that I made were also integral to my year. I mean, me being an entertainment news correspondent happened because I was Miss USA, because you know, one of the producers from the show reached out to our director of PR. They had a relationship and we ended up doing interviews together. And then I started as a correspondent. And so having those connections was really, really important. And then just getting to live in New York City, man, was amazing because they pay for the title holder apartment that I lived in for my reign. I had a salary. So I think that was fun that I got to do something that I really loved and get paid for it. Let's talk about doing extra. Had you thought about being a correspondent or doing any kind of work in entertainment prior to this opportunity coming your way? No, I hadn't actually. And what's funny is, you know, it's a role that I think really is perfect for me. 
and that I became an attorney because I'm nosy and I like finding out facts and information, which is incredibly useful in litigation because you need to gather facts. You know, you have this whole discovery phase. And that was like the most fun part for me. And so now as an entertainment news correspondent, I'm constantly just asking people about like products that they're promoting or their new tour or the new movie that they're going to be featured in or the television series that they worked on. And it's fascinating hearing that background information or their thoughts on the direction of the movie or how they think it will be received by people. That for me is exactly what I love to do. It's in my nature to just, you know, be curious and nosy and want to know what's going on. And so even though it's not something that I had considered, it is, like I said, a perfect fit for me and, and exactly matches with my own innate personality. Let's talk a little bit about the social justice movement and its impact on the world. But let's first talk about, have you seen an impact in the pageant world at all on the way that it has responded to the changes and the demands for social justice? Yes, absolutely. Uh, One of the incredible things that transpired because of this movement was this renewed interest in Black Lives Matter. Because Black Lives Matter has been around since like 2013. I remember when it first started, because I was in law school and I was like, Black Lawyers Matter. We had like t-shirts that said that. And so, you know, we are of course a part of this Black Lives Matter movement. And when it first started, people thought of it as this like really radical, violent group. I mean, some people would even go as far as calling the group racist. And it was a very strange time because I think if you understand Black Lives Matter, you understand that it really is about racial equality. And so you wouldn't mention Black Lives Matter in a pageant interview, right? Because we think of pageants as being very PC, sort of middle of the road. And last year during the resurgence, me and Miss Universe went in and did a protest and then took pictures and posted them all over social media. I mean, the official Miss Universe and Miss USA social media accounts posted about Black Lives Matter. And I never thought, looking back to where Black Lives Matter first started and people's initial thoughts about it, I never would have imagined that an organization, a pageant organization as huge and well-recognized as Miss Universe would have recognized it and supported it. So that was an important move. And I think that it gave courage and this empowerment to many people who, like me, were like almost afraid to say, like, can I say Black Lives Matter without you judging me or thinking that, you know, I'm violent because this really is a good movement that you should support. So I think that was an important change. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I don't know if I was aware of that. So now that you're working in entertainment, I think that the response from all industries has been incredible. At least it seems to be incredible. But what changes have you seen working in entertainment, particularly in your role at Extra? How have you seen the social justice movement impacting that? I think that it's reminded people of how important it is to be aware of the issues that are happening and to be aware of issues that directly affect minorities. So one of the things that we did is me, one of my producers, and one of my fellow correspondents, Nate Burleson, we had a Zoom chat about what was happening, and they aired that chat. They put it on their social media accounts so that people could know, like, these are the issues that we're facing. This is what you should be aware of. We were constantly asking celebrities that we were interviewing about their thoughts on the social justice movement, how we could support commending them on their efforts and spreading the word and encouraging people to support organizations 
organizations or go on protests or whatever. So that was important, just their focus on what was happening. I think it's reminded them about For example, Martin Luther King Day, you know, several weeks ago, we did a segment on, you know, how important he was as a leader. And we're just candid about how people could support and what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. actually stood for. So that's been important, you know, for Extra. But even beyond Extra itself, we've seen like the Oscars, for example, just put into place this new rule for Best Picture nominees, where you have to meet certain requirements that encourage diversity, both in front of the camera and behind the camera which is incredibly important because so many people have complained like, why are these movies that prominently feature minority actors not being recognized at the Oscars? And so by instilling these rules to say you need to have a certain number of diverse talent in front of the camera, or you need to diversify the ranks of the people behind the camera, telling people that they need to do that in order to even be eligible for Best Picture is a huge step forward and is really important. And I hope we continue to see some of those steps taken. Yeah, I would agree because when there aren't rules, people who are stuck in their ways find ways to skirt issues, not even looking at the best potential best picture nominee because they don't think they're interested in that, which seems kind of bizarre. If you're going to be a voting member of the Academy, every contender should be looked at equally, but that was not happening. So having some guidelines in place certainly goes a long way to pushing more equitable atmosphere forward. I agree. You don't work in the beauty industry, but because you worked in the pageant world, where I always think of it as related to beauty because they call them beauty pageants. What do you think about the attention being paid to Black-owned and Black-founded beauty brands? Oh, I think it's essential because I think so many people have been talking about changing standards of beauty and making sure that Models of color are featured in advertising campaigns, but sometimes we forget like part of changing those standards is adding black voices to the mix and making sure that businesses owned by black people have the same opportunities and respect as other businesses. And so I'm excited about it. I know that like I think it was Sephora, maybe that's decided to dedicate a certain percentage of their store footage Um, or square footage or space specifically to Black-owned businesses. And I think that's essential. I hope that more stores who sell beauty products continue to take those steps and go beyond that uh, because it's not just about making sure like, hey, we have this space designated for you, but you know, are you allowing them to events? Are you promoting their products? Are you encouraging your makeup artists and sales associates in stores to actually promote the products that you've now given space for? Are you planning on hosting chats within your organization about how you can continue to diversify? Are you changing the makeup of the people who work at Sephora corporate so that you can make sure that the C-suite is actually diversified as well? So yes, it's a good first step. And I hope they continue to take additional steps that are really necessary. Yeah. And I think with all the industries that we're talking about, where how you look has an impact on what you do. It is the companies doing both the internal work and the external work so that we can see results. It's just not talking about it, but kind of being living examples of how we want to see the future. You're a diversity consultant at the law firm that you used to work at. What do you do in that role now? So as a diversity advisor, my job is to look over what we're doing as it relates to diversity and make sure that we're taking additional steps. So when I was still at the firm practicing as an attorney, I was on our diversity committee. We authored a diversity and inclusion plan for the firm. 
And so now that I'm a diversity advisor, my job is implementing that plan and, you know, following up because when I was an attorney on the diversity committee with other attorneys, like our full-time job is to be an attorney, right? And not necessarily to look over the efforts that the law firm is doing as it relates to diversity, which everybody should be contributing to, but that's also not my full-time job. And so now as a diversity advisor, that is my focus is to look at this plan and say, you know, this is a good plan. This is how we can continue to push this plan forward and edit and change it. But also like we need to make sure that we're doing the things that we said we were going to do in this plan. And so I'm excited to do it. I think that the firm has taken great strides in the years that I've known them, both as a summer intern and as an attorney and now as a diversity advisor. And I'm excited to see how we continue to make changes. That's fantastic. And I do agree that when you work at an organization and you have an interest in diversity, if that is not your full-time job, you cannot be charged with really moving the needle, but so much. And having the role as an advisor where that is your sole responsibility as it relates to the firm is a much smarter move on their behalf to make sure that they're really fulfilling the goals that they set forth. Exactly. If someone wanted to follow in your footsteps, what advice would you give them? That's in all of the ways that you've moved. Entertainment correspondent, attorney, and a pageant winner, Miss North Carolina USA and a Miss USA. There are a lot of different ways to be successful. And this particular way was perfect and tailor-made for me. I would encourage somebody who's thinking about doing exactly what I did to not do that (laughs) because you should be your own person. I mean, obviously, if you genuinely just want to be an attorney and you want to be a diversity advisor or entertainment news correspondent and you want to be Miss USA, like, sure, there's some advice I could give to you. But I think there too often we just think that there is one road to success and there are many different ways to get there. And the most important part of success is making sure that the success you reach is what you wanted. Otherwise, it's not going to feel good. I mean, there are certain awards that that I won or organizations that I used to be a part of that I just wasn't passionate about because it didn't matter as much to me as others. Volunteering for a local chapter of Dress for Success when I was an attorney. Oh my God, it was a passion of mine. It made me so happy just showing up to different events and giving my time. Whereas there are like clubs and organizations that I joined when I was a law student. I thought like this will look good on my resume, but like every meeting felt like a time suck because it wasn't something that I was passionate about. So really my advice to anyone looking for success is like, Figure out what you want. Measure your own success by your own standard and don't look to just replicate what somebody else has done because it won't always feel as special to you. I think that's great advice. Now let's move on to our fast track questions. What was the first beauty product you ever purchased or tried? Probably mascara. There's this mascara that I feel like everyone my age had at one point in time. It's this like, It comes in like a pink tube with a green top. It's got like black lettering on it. I don't even remember what. Maybelline Great Lash. Uh, Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) What's the latest beauty product you tried? An under eye concealer and eye cream in one. So you can hydrate your under eye while also putting makeup on it. Ooh, lovely. What's the beauty advice you live by or leave alone? Uh, Live by what you put in your body is more important than the products you slather on. So make sure that you're taking care of yourself and it will show up here. What do you leave alone? I used to just want to figure out what products other people were using and just pile them on my face. And I started realizing that my own beauty regimen was uh, more 
difficult than it needed to be. So I've simplified my regimen. So I guess I leave alone the idea that you need to put on 50 products in the morning and at night. What's the product you can't live without? There's this particular mascara that I love. It's from Benefit. I can't believe they're real or something. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, That's probably my favorite one. And there's a lash serum that I also use. And I think both of those put together. And final question, who was your beauty icon when you were growing up? And who deserves that title now? I would say Halle Berry. Uh, You know, whenever I thought of someone who was beautiful, I thought like, oh, Halle Berry's gorgeous. And she still is. So Halle Berry then, Halle Berry now. And what do you hope to see 20 years from now when it comes to the way that we look at the pageant world? I hope that we take pageants a little more seriously. I think there are so many people who have stereotyped pageants and think they're just for women who have nothing else to do with our lives and we don't have genuine career aspirations and that we just want to show up and put on makeup and a pretty dress. And while it is fun to do that, show up and put on makeup and a pretty dress, there are some incredibly accomplished women that I competed with, you know, including Miss Massachusetts USA, who was like a Harvard MBA and Harvard undergrad graduate. There was like Miss California USA, who worked for Google. There were D1 athletes. There were women who worked in corporate settings. There were business owners. And so I hope that people start taking pageants more seriously and thinking this is a way that each of us can elevate and amplify our own voices and the issues that are most important to us. That's where we're going to end. And that's a great place to end. Thank you so much for being with me today, Chesley. Thank you. It was great to talk with you, Corinne. I appreciate the time. That's our show for today. Remember that there's more than one way to the top. And the most important step is the first one. So start right here.